Hello and welcome back to another edition of YCT Matters. This is Carol Platt-Lebow, the president of Yankee Institute, and we are finishing up this year with a bang and not with a whimper. We are going to talk about Christmas movies in Connecticut, and to do it, we did not have to go far to have an expert among us. A Connecticut Inside Investigator has its very own pop culture expert, Trisha Ennis, who is technically investigative reporter at CII, but who also has a master's degree in pop culture, is a Christmas movie maven. And we have prevailed on her to take some time away from her reporting duties to join us to discuss Christmas movies, especially those made in Connecticut with us. So Trisha, welcome to YCT Matters. And thank you for sharing a little of your pop culture expertise with us today. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I hope I can bring as much uh, knowledge to this as possible. Well, I we we have absolutely no doubt because we have already had a little small chat about some Christmas movies, and I, I'm yeah. I'm having good feeling about all this. So uh, I know that you know, sort of the granddaddy of all of them is a movie that I have been meaning to see, but as it turns out, neither of us has seen. And I, you know, if anyone, if we had more people here, if we had a studio audience, we could do the whole Bueller. Bueller, because of course, <laughs> everyone knows it's Christmas in Connecticut, starring Barbara Stanwyck. So maybe in the next year, we can both see it and come back and discuss it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a very fun concept for a film, right? Uh, you know, 1947, uh, you know, food writer who has crafted this entire persona for herself. And then it turns out that it's all been a lie, even though her boss wants her to now host uh, several people at her farmhouse that she's told people she lives in. Um, but in reality, she lives in New York city, um, and is single and doesn't actually know how to cook. Uh, so I think that that's a super fun concept for a movie. Like everybody loves, uh, you know, mishaps and mayhem. Um, it's also very interesting because as far as I know, the film wasn't shot in Connecticut. Um, it was shot at RKO in California, um, which obviously is a studio. I mean, back in the forties, we didn't really, I don't think we really did that much location shooting, right? We weren't like flying people to different countries to get the right location, to get the right scene. We just built a studio, we built a set and then we tossed snow on them if we needed snow. Um, and that's, but I do think that like it, it gets to this idea of Connecticut as quaint new England, mm -hmm. right? This, that, that a lot of people I feel like associate with Christmas, um, which probably comes from all of these old films that we've watched of like, you know, quaint homes and families and, um, you know, this, like these old fashioned buildings and, uh, you know, nice small towns, everybody knows who you are. And I think it just crafts this idea of like a cozy Connecticut Christmas that we've now come back to more and more and productions are coming back to you more and more to actually shoot here. It is uh, amazing. So I don't know whether we're just going to do this sequentially or whether we are just going to tiptoe through the tulips at our own sweet will, because uh, I think it was either this year or last year, and that's how I know I'm getting old because all the years are starting to run together. <laughs> they filmed a Christmas movie in New Canaan, which is my hometown, but they did it in the heat of summer. And just yeah. looking at these people made me hot. It was so hot anyway. I don't mind the cold, but I get hot when it's hot. And they had all the snow. All these poor people were wearing winter coats. And they had created the snow and they had it coming down at Town Hall, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in August. Yeah. I think that was the Noel Diary, which um, 
it's probably the only one that we talk about from the last several years that wasn't a Hallmark film. Um, it's actually a Netflix movie. So that one's really interesting because it's a Netflix film. I think it's, I mean, it's not the first thing Netflix has shot here, I don't think, but um, it was Netflix like the last few years has sort of been like, well, we've, we've already killed Blockbuster. Let's try to take over what Hallmark's doing or what <laughs> Lifetime is doing and do these quaint Christmas movies. They do a pretty good job. I like the Netflix ones. Uh, but yeah, that one was shot in New Canaan. And that's the thing is like, I know some people, um, a former uh, colleague of mine um, from what, back when I was in school shot a Christmas movie um, several years ago for a different channel. And it was, you have to shoot in July because you have to go through all the production from July through, you know, until December, until you can actually release these films. And, you know, whenever Hallmark tends to put them out, which is sometimes October and November and then December for their countdown to Christmas. Um, so that's always, it's always really interesting, right? Because you've got to like bundle up in all of these coats and, um, and try to pretend like you're freezing when in reality it's, you know, 98 degrees outside oh. and humid and you're dying and they're, you're just trying not to sweat too profusely, right? Into your down coats. Right. I, I just wanted to, I just faint from heat exhaustion, just looking at those people. Yeah. Um, I, I think about the same thing with stuff that's supposed to be set in Connecticut, but is actually shot in California because, you know, they're probably shooting that in August or something and they're trying to bundle up and look cold, but it's like so much hotter there than it is here. Yeah. Yep. So that was one. And so then the other majority then, uh, or the the overwhelming majority are Hallmark films. And it does seem like Hallmark has cornered the market. Yeah. On Christmas they, they, films. Hallmark has definitely cornered the market on Christmas films. I think that most families, if you go into, you know, someone's home during Christmas and you're just spending the day, I know that my mom, if I go, when I go over to my mom's house on Christmas, she just has Hallmark on the whole day. It's just nonstop Christmas movies over and over and over again. Um, and you can pretty much tune in at any point and know exactly what's going on, uh, which I think is the comfort of Hallmark movies, right? Yes. Uh, it's this idea that they're not complicated. They're not complex. They're simple romances um, where there's going to be, you know, an interesting twist, uh, you know, some big city person coming back to their hometown <laughs> and falling in love with the Christmas tree farmer or whatever. Uh, and it's going to be simple and comforting and fun. And you're not going to have to, stress too much right right um and that's that's i think the nice and comfort it's it's a warm cup of cocoa but in a in a movie form um and that keeps people coming back over and over again it really does i mean because as soon as you like take a look at who all the characters are you can just pretty much predict the end of the movie and you just go along for the ride to see how, what what the details are and how it all ends yeah. up working out the way you know it's going to work out yeah, I mean, you could probably draw a diagram, right? For like, okay, at minute this, this is what's going to happen. You know, at 80 minutes into this movie, we're going to be at our big climax. Um, but it's still going to be interesting to watch, um, oh, yeah. which I find to be very fascinating. Um, and I also love the, this idea that they're deciding that, like, you know, we're going to capture this Christmas charm by coming to Connecticut and shooting at least a couple of our films here. Right, right. And on a different day, we can talk about why some of that is because mm -hmm. of the film subsidies. And you wrote a really interesting article about that for Connecticut Inside Investigator. And anyone who's interested in finding that only has to go and look on the insideinvestigator.org site. But what's really interesting to me is if you look through a list of some of these movies, I yeah. mean, you would think kind of like, uh, 
Hallmark, you know, like <laughs> how, how good are some, you know, it's going to be cheesy for sure. But what I find interesting is some of these movies um, actually have some fairly well-known people. Yes. Like one of them that was filmed in Woodstock, Putnam and Hartford has Laura Osnes, who is a legit Broadway star. Yep. And Aaron Tveit, who was in uh, the, the Les Miserables movie. Yes, and also is a major Broadway star of his own. Yes. Um, yeah, they're both really great performers. It's also one of those things where you see these actors in something and you're like, they're going to sing the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah. And they don't, and then it's sad. Um, no, I love exactly. both of them. I think that there's there's something comforting for actors, too, about doing these kinds of films. Um, and one of the things that you get, especially in, in Connecticut films, is that you can draw in New York actors, um, which is something that like obviously those two are New York based actors. And um, you see a lot more Broadway stars and things that are shot in or around New York. Um, think of like Law and Order and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, you get some really good big actors. You get some um hallmark staples i think you get some people who people know from being in hallmark movies and i think that they really um they really enjoy i think getting to do that every year and doing two or three of them every year and you know being sort of those um people know them for that for that reason but yeah you get a few big actors the one that you talked about earlier shot in new canaan um the the main actor was justin hartley he's not a massive like tony award-winning actor but a lot of people will know him from this is us uh Mm -hmm. most recently so yeah, there's definitely some people you'll recognize. And if you have a daughter who watches the 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 reality show about the real estate brokers, I think his <laughs> ex-wife's on that. You know, yes, right. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you also have some where they have uh, a really sort of high cringe factor. There's one called oh, yes. Christmas at Pemberley Manor. And you're like, you have got to be kidding me. You're going to name somebody Elizabeth Bennett and William Darcy. And you're going to try and make a Christmas film in Essex and Old Lyme with Elizabeth persuading the reluctant Darcy to let her hold a Christmas festival festival on the grounds of his estate, Pemberley, not spelled correctly, Manor. I'm having a moment here. This is not okay. I, I understand that. Yeah. I mean, we all have our favorite literature, right? And we don't necessarily want it to be uh, corrupted in any kind Bastardized, of way. Yes. Bastardized. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have we all have things like that. Uh, I do think that it's Pride and Prejudice is very easy to go back to. Um, it's one of those early rom-coms, right? Like we've ever since the Edwardian era, like we've been awesome. We like this rom-com. We like this pursuit. We like these two people bickering and fighting and falling in love with each other. Um, you know, there have been countless adaptations of different kinds of Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice. And it was only a matter of time before it became a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> right. it's so, so in other easy. words, lighten up, Francis. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> just don't watch it. Just don't worry. Just don't. Just yeah. ignore it. If it comes up on your screen, change the channel. <laughs> or have a glass of eggnog or do something, yeah. right? I mean, but that's also, it's got actors in it that you'll probably recognize because they've been in a thousand things. And, um, you know, it's it's just a, it's just interesting to, to see where these people go and how many Hallmark movies they star in. It is. It's amazing because there's also another one filmed in Weathersfield that has Alicia Witt. And she was in that movie with um, um, Hugh Grant and, oh, Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. And then Colin Ferguson. Colin Ferguson had anything like besides a talk show? What is happening here? <laughs> um, I believe the Colin Ferguson that's uh, that's that is actually a Canadian actor um, who's a different 
different person. Oh, okay. Um, I was the the talk show uh, host is uh as uh, Scottish. This is a Canadian actor who has been mostly on science fiction TV shows. Um, I've seen a ton of them, so I'm very familiar okay. with his work. Trisha, but. it is a good thing you are here. I would be misleading our our, our <laughs> listeners, you, uh, you know, all the, through the way. You may also know him as the most recent Maytag man. Oh, interesting! And all the Maytag commercials. So if if one was going to treat oneself to a couple of good made in Connecticut Christmas films, do you have any particular favorites? Their suggestions. Um, Look, I'm going to say the Noel Diary on uh, on Netflix is probably going to be better than um, than the Hallmark ones. I tend to see the uh, the. The the no the sorry I tend to see the Netflix versions of the Christmas movies to be sort of like elevated Hallmark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely still playing with that Hallmark formula, but the acting is a little bit better. The production schedule is probably a little longer. Um, they probably threw a lot more money at it, um, and it's just going to be a little higher quality than uh, than anything that you are going to see on Hallmark Channel. But you really can't go wrong with any of the any of the films that are shot here, except you know, maybe your Pride and Prejudice uh, adaptation. <laughs> um, you know, if, if anything with good actors in it, anything with people you recognize, people you like, and it's all going to be very similar, but it's it, find the formula that works for you. Uh, if you enjoy watching, you know, rugged, handsome men fall in love with big city, you know, busy women, uh, you're going <laughs> to find a few different Hallmark movies. If you like the other way around, uh, if you want to see some business a uh, businessman have his heart melted by a woman who works as an elf for Santa. I, you're going to find that too. And um, it's going to be, it's just going to be a nice little holiday uh, for you and your family. And don't like, don't be afraid to branch out from what you normally watch. Um, go back to the classics or watch something new on homework or try something that's, um, you know, been in the news or, you know, anywhere. And it'll, it should be a good time. But if there is a movie filmed in your hometown, definitely watch that because it will be weird and surreal. Right. And I, we will just to branch uh, back around because then we will have to just take a a short walk through the classics. Um, The Noel Diary was filmed in Stamford, Greenwich, Essex, Darien, Bridgeport, Mm -hmm. Norwalk, Manchester and East Hampton. So and I think New Canaan. Yeah, so, so New Canaan's also in there. Yeah, so I'm a little annoyed that that they didn't, <laughs> they forgot to mention that, but whatever. Um, and I think they just used the town hall. That was all they used. Um, yeah. That being said, um, and there also seems to be a distinct supernatural genre in some of these. Yes, you know this, uh, like the Twelve Days of Christmas Eve. You know, within mm-hmm. Mystic Waterford, Groton, New London, and the Mohegan Sun. I guess Santa felt the need sure. to gamble or something, get another reindeer or something. I don't know what. Um, and so, you know, with these things like the the retrospectives and the ghost of Christmas always in Hartford and West Hartford. So that seems to be a whole different genre as well, right? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, I think there's also a branching out um, that tends to happen for writers on these movies, because I feel like there's only so many different iterations of the same similar plot. Um, so you try to introduce some new element to it. Um, I think also, I think just magic of Christmas, right? People like things that are a little magical. Um, you know, people love things where people like, if there's a a ghost related thing or something where someone is, you know, yeah, like something related to someone who's died or someone, something that's gone like poorly in the past and you're rectifying an issue that's a little supernatural. And uh, I think that it just it brings in the magic of Smith and it also brings sort of Christmas be a sad for some people. And I think that, oh, yeah. um, I think that allowing sort of that magic to work in with that, 
um, those feelings that people are having can um, just make things a little more sentimental and a little more, honestly, just a little more interesting. Um, It's a little more fun. I love supernatural things. I like fantasy. I like sci-fi. Give me that in Christmas and I will be happy. Mm -hmm. It is really interesting. And that brings us back if we take a short tour through, you know, some of the older classic Christmas movies, uh, you know, it seems like some of that got started with um, It's a Wonderful Life. Certainly. I I don't know if you know the story of It's a Wonderful Life, but it was never supposed to be popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was basically shelved by the production company and not used. And um, eventually it's copyright lapsed and they needed something to put on the air that wasn't going to cost money. Um, so people just started putting on It's a Wonderful Life and it became a huge Christmas movie because of that. It was considered a flop and it was first uh, first filmed. Um, and that was just fascinating to me that it's become this essential Christmas movie and mostly because it was cheap. And, you know, the other thing that I had read about it that I found incredibly interesting is um, that Jimmy Stewart, you know, he had yeah. flown all these missions in World War II. Mm-hmm. He, I think, decorated four times for his courage in in flying. He was a, a pilot and he had seen, you know, so much, so many terrible things that when he came back, he had... I think a really pretty much of a form of PTSD mm-hmm. and um, that it was during the filming of this movie that a lot of that got worked out and, yeah. um, and some of his really, in some sense, his survivor's guilt and all of this. And I thought that, you know, ha- having read that it, it brought a very interesting dimension to the movie as he grapples with, um, you know, why, why was I born? Why am I alive? What mm-hmm. has my life meant? Yeah. And I mean, it's a wonderful life, really. You know, you talk about like the people, some of these Christmas movies moving towards more supernatural ideas. Like it's a wonderful life is sort of the OG for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's about, you know, a man who decides that his life is horrible. His family would be better off without him. And so he, you know, finds out whether or not that is true. And it's all about this like supernatural uh, working, you know, whether it's religious, supernatural or, or something else. And, um, you know, but it's, it's, one of the Christmas classics. Like we're very used to this idea of the magic of Christmas and even the magic of Christmas being something very sad, a movie about the great depression and suicide, you know, right. it's a difficult story, but it's still a classic and it's still heartwarming and people still love it. And I think it's really because in the end it is uh, an affirmation that every life, no matter how difficult has mattered in some fundamental way. Exactly. And so Um, And I think everyone, you know, all of us on some level need that assurance that our lives have made a difference and that we have mattered to someone in some way. Exactly. Um, So as we wind up, tell us a little about your favorite Christmas movie and how you came to love it. Uh, So my favorite Christmas movie is White Christmas, um, which is an older, I can't remember what year it came out, um, but it is a Bing Crosby uh, film. It is not the first place that the song White Christmas appeared, that's Holiday Inn, which is remarkably similar in title and plot to White Christmas. Um, but it is not is also a film in which the song White Christmas appears. Um, but I actually saw it for the first time uh, on stage. They turned it into a stage production. I don't know when, but um, there was a stage production in Boston. And I went with um, with my family and we saw it and it was super fun because there are elements of the story where there are, you know, two sisters who do sort of a cabaret performance. And so they're just sort of doing it for you in the audience. You're not just like watching an audience watch a performance. Um, And it's just a really, it's a really nice story. Um, You know, it's these 
two, two women, two men. You've got your uh, Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney, who are the singing couple. And you've got your Danny Kaye and Vera Ellen, who are your dancing couple. And they um, they meet at an inn in, in New Hampshire, I think, or Vermont, uh, in New England, um, with the, the songs of Irvin Berlin. And they perform this big um, this big production to help raise money and save the inn. And there's, it's a, it's also kind of a sad movie and in some ways, but also really happy in others. And it's about men who've come home from the war and they're dealing with the, you know, the fallout of that and um, still being friends and about relationships and being lonely on Christmas. And yeah, it's just a really nice film. And I think it's really well put together. Yeah. And one other um, that I'm actually watching right now, because if you don't have Turner Classic Movies, everyone, you know, it's not a bad thing. Um, the Bishop's Wife with oh. Loretta Grant, uh, Loretta Grant, um, Loretta Young, Harry Grant, and David Niven. Yeah. And it was remade uh, then in the 90s, I think it was, with Whitney Houston, Denzel Washington, and Courtney B. Vance. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's a it's a really good movie, and Cary Grant plays an angel. And I was listening oh. to the introduction, uh, and apparently Cary Grant did not want the part. He did not want to play the angel. He was in a state of low-key rebellion over the whole thing. But Samuel Goldwyn wanted it, and play an angel he did. And very nicely, go. I might add. Yeah. So I guess it goes to show we can all branch out a bit. And no one is above Samuel Goldwyn. No, <laughs> no, and especially in those days. <laughs> so anyway, well, thank you for taking the time to go through some of these Christmas movies and share your extensive knowledge of pop culture <laughs> with us. And, no uh, you know, it, I guess all of us this time of year wouldn't kill us to kick back a little, turn on whether it's an old one or a new one filmed, especially filmed in Connecticut, but even mm -hmm. if not, and just enjoy. Yeah. So thank you so much, Trisha Ennis. And you can read more of Trisha's work because she covers all kinds of interesting and unusual stories uh, about Connecticut for CII at insideinvestigator.org. Thank all of you for being with us. This is Carol Platt-Lebow, and we'll see you again, or at least speak with you again on the next edition of YCT Matters. I'll show